Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Girl, real talk. This whole it's a new year, time to reinvent myself trash is not the vibe for 2024. You can find someone who loves you for you as you are. You don't need to read a stack of self-help books, only eat sad salads, or like start meditating at 5 a.m. to be ready for dating. So yeah, my advice is to download Bumble and find someone who embraces you the way you are right now. Let me know how it goes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Big box retailers led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a bill in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. Senate Bill 1838 would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, visit handsoffmyrewards.com and tell them to oppose credit card routing legislation paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. I'm Jordan Kissner, author of the essay collection Thin Places, and this is Thresholds, a weekly series of conversations with writers and artists about moments of epiphany or transformation that changed their lives and their work. A moment that they stepped across, like a threshold, into something new, and the way that experience changed everything they wrote afterward. Drew, I got to do a really fun thing, which was to call Ross Gay and ask him about his garden. <gasps> it was... Um, we had been thinking about calling up Ross for this um, this little roundup because of the way that he just writes so incredibly beautifully about all things, but um, especially about gardening and plant mm-hmm. life and kind of tending tending his world. And I wanted to know what he was planting and what he was excited about. And he uh, he said lots of things that I'm excited for people to hear, but in particular, he's growing something called a gumi. Uh, sorry, a what? A gumi. Uh, and I'm unfamiliar. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. But and I tried <laughs> to. I just, <laughs> apparently you can eat it. Um, and okay. he gives he gives a description of it that uh, really made me giggle. So I'm excited for you to hear it. Hi, it is so nice to hear your voice again after some months. Same, same. Yeah. What's spring looking like in in your garden? What are you tending right now? It's crazy that you ask because just yesterday as I was heading out of uh, the house to go um, hang out for a little bit at the picket line, the IU graduate student workers are on strike. And um, and I went out the door in the morning and there's a bush called Gumi, which is one of the most delicious bushes ever. 
uh, delicious fruits ever, um, <laughs> in my opinion. Gumi? It, gumi, it's called, yeah. And it what's also it, has... What's sorry, it taste like? go keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, what's it taste like? Well, it's there's a kind of... Um, I read a really interesting description of it that I can't quite remember, but it's sort of a tart, you know, um, like a tart... Um, God, it tastes like gumi. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's also a beautiful berry. It's, you know, it's sort of like a jewel. It's red and sort of tiny, um, tiny kind of silver speckles on the berry. But the flower itself is also among the most, you know, wonderful smells on this planet. So I went out the house, went out of the house and I saw that the, the flowers had emerged um, and I went to smell them and there was no scent. Um, and I went off and I came back later in the day and the flowers had, and one of the flowers had opened. Um, and just that little flower, it's tiny, you know, it's a, it's, you know, smaller than like your, your pinky fingernail. Um, and it was so fragrant, this one flower on this bush that will, you know, has, you know, I don't know, a thousand flowers on it. Um, maybe way more. That's a thing. The gummies are coming. The, the bush cherries have already bloomed and, um, the garlic is coming up very strong. It's a funny thing, you know, that <laughs> every year I, I realized this year that every year, you know, I've, I've grown garlic the last, I don't know, 14 years or something. And every single year, I wonder if the garlic's going to come up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when it comes up, I feel like this profound um, relief. I'm like, oh my God, I came. <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried? It's just going to get lost down there? I don't know. I'm just going to, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, that's basically what it does. You know, like you put it in and it comes up. It's happened that way the last 14 years that I've done it anyway. <laughs> but I did realize that every year I am kind of like, you know, I had like a little thing about faith and all that. Um, like, you know, when you kind of doubt, you kind of have some doubt, you know, but still it's like, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> um, so the garlic's coming up. Um, tomorrow is a root day on the biodynamic calendar. So we will be putting in a um, bunch of potatoes and um, potting up some other stuff. And that's some stuff that's going on. You planting anything uh, new this year that you're excited about? Um, let's see. Well, you know, I kind of had a realization. <clears throat> I always grow sweet potatoes and potatoes, and I love them both. Um, I would say I love them both equally, actually. I love them equally. <laughs> um, but sweet potatoes store so damn good, you know? And <laughs> it's an amazing plant for all kinds of reasons, you know, in addition to the deliciousness of the tubers. It's not like an advertisement today. Um, <laughs> in addition to the deliciousness of the tubers, you know, you can eat the greens, which are really good. And um, I just learned that maybe eating more of the greens, like, you know, pruning the greens a little bit makes the tubers get bigger. I just, I've heard that a couple of times. So I'm going to do a little bit more of that, but I think we're going to grow more sweet, sweet potatoes this year, like a bigger, um, more intensive crop of that. Um, I, I'm always trying to go hard on beans and, and grow a new bean or something. So we got, um, we missed the fava bean window a little bit, but there's some other beans. I can't remember what they are, but but they're out there. There's also some like giant kales and collards that that 
uh, I came upon, and I'm going to try to grow some giant kales and collards. Oh my god, that sounds that sounds like it's going to look amazing and probably taste amazing <laughs> too. But I'm just thinking of because kale is already kind of a kind of grows big. I mean, not yeah. every kind, but it kind of grows big. So giant kale, I'm imagining sort of a Jack and the Beanstalk situation. Totally, yeah. There's some that are the picture on the seed packet anyway is like you know it's the size of like you know like <laughs> it would be like from my fingertips to my armpit it's <laughs> oh my it's, god it's really big if that happens or not you know we'll see <laughs> um and then is there do you have like spring rituals even in your garden or in your in your writing Mm, spring rituals in the writing. Well, in the garden, there's definitely the rituals and the rituals are sort of like, you know, in a certain kind of way, <clears throat> it's a, usually around this time of year too. There's a kind of, okay, now we're gardening again um, in an earnest way, which might mean like, you know, mowing a little bit, starting to kind of, um, <laughs> like I was looking outside, you know, and I'm uh <laughs> I have, <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, I have like a barbell and weights like right in the middle of like outside the back door, like on the gravel, which is kind of a gardening place. <laughs> you know, I'll be putting the barbell back into the, the shed, you know, <laughs> because now we'll be around, you know, these raised beds and stuff gardening a lot. Um, one of the, one of the early spring rituals, um, yeah, I like the idea of it being a ritual, but it's a pattern for sure is is a a lot of dandelion consumption, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of dandelions. And now's the time of year to start throwing them in everything and making fritters out of them. And like, they'll go in like my veggie burgers and they'll go in the pastas and everything else. Because um, they're just like, they just, boom, they came, they came hard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Big box retailers, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a bill in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. Senate Bill 1838 would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, visit handsoffmyrewards.com and tell them to oppose credit card routing legislation paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. I feel like the the big themes that we kept hearing in these conversations in the last six weeks was responsibility and like personal concern and also change. Looking at this thing that you're like, oh my God, what? I don't, I'm just so amazed and out of control of this process while also feeling like, oh dog. <laughs> Uh, I too am out of control. <laughs> that's I don't that's a, a dog I don't know his name yet. He's new to the That's not to Maisie? Next... That's another oh, dog. Oh no no no. <gasps> yeah, yeah, that's oh, wow. another dog um that's got a lot of a lot of pipes and wants to talk a lot. Uh, and I don't know his name yet. <laughs> anyway, um whatever. I'm going to proceed because, you know, the world around us <laughs> <laughs> persists. But the thing I was trying to point out is that it feels like there's that 
dual feeling of like perplexity of like, oh my God, the the world, the world, the natural world around me is just like proceeding in this way that I can barely comprehend. And also yeah. this feeling of total personal implication and concern. Yeah. I think one of the the most fun things that has come out of doing these little end episodes is that while we're editing the full episodes in between, we get to kind of strategize about what little segments, what little fragments we want to save so that we can just air them here. Like maybe they Mm -hmm. don't fit in the conversation, but we can like sequester them away like little treasures that we can uh, air here. And this one I really, really liked. It was just a little... It was actually, I mean, the thing that you know well, which is often we sort of end the interview and then keep chatting with the person, Mm -hmm. because why not? Um, And this was that segment from Adrienne Marie Brown. We like ended the interview and then kept chatting. And she just said a bunch of incredibly thoughtful and interesting and inspiring things about authorship and the role of the author and deep listening and branding or choosing not to brand. And, uh, And so here it is. When I finished writing that book, I had a sense of completion that I have not really ever experienced again. Like of just like that that was tr- that is already true and had to be expressed. And if it hadn't been me who expressed it, someone else is going to get it done. But it just is true and needed to be expressed. Um, so I'm always grateful when I hear that from people because I'm like, yes, I agree. <laughs> you know, we need we need yeah. this and more of this. It's like, it feels like a lot of the experience of reading that book was that seeing language um, finally put to something that felt like, uh, like I could sense that those ideas must be there because I had desire that pointed in that direction. Yes. If that makes sense. It's like, I wanted that. I wanted that in the world. I wanted somebody to, to say that this was possible. Yeah. I just never even figured out the language for that. Yeah. Um, And you know. I feel grateful because so many writers have done that for me. You know, like that that's part of what we do as writers is we're giving a language to our time. We're giving a language to our place. And, you know, we want to be responsible in that. Like it's part of why I'm very kind of against like branding stuff, <laughs> you know, a branding language or whatever. Cause I'm just like, well, I don't think we're meant to be branding this stuff. You know, I think we're meant to be finding the the language by which we get free and not the language by which we get paid. Um, So I'm always like, you know, in this dance and I get a lot of push from people like, why don't you make more products of your products? You know, like, why don't you, I don't know, just co-opt, co-opt yourself, (laughs) you know? And a lot of my, I don't know. A lot of this period of my life has been just being like, I'm good on that. Like, I don't, I'm not interested. I don't really promote my work even, you know, I'm just like, if it's of use to people, they'll find it, they'll read it and they'll share it with other people who will be of use to. Um, and I will just keep listening. You know, I think that that is a huge part of the job of a writer or any artist is that deep, deep listening. Like, what is true right now? What needs to be expressed that's not getting expressed? You know, what feeling needs to be felt collectively? Let's write that down. Welcome to our 
pals in alums corner where we find out <laughs> we what's going on segment names, I guess. <laughs> with former thresholds guests uh, Alex Kleeman wrote a fantastic profile of Michelle Yeoh around the same time that everything, everywhere, all at once came out. Um, highly recommend reading it if you haven't yet. And then go see the movie, too. Yeah. Alex is incredibly, like, is famous for her fiction, but is actually a also a brilliant writer of profiles. Mm-hmm. Like she just, she writes the hell out of her profile. I'm always really excited when she writes one. Uh, Melissa Phoebos won a Guggenheim, low-key, really casual, um, and also published her new book, which is a craft book about writing called Bodywork, and it's really beautiful. It's really good. Um, This is a fun one, and I found it as I was doing the New York Times crossword. Susan Orlean was an answer in the crossword. How clue, how... How clue. How clue. How cool. <laughs> How very clue of her. How very clue. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, we have the great, the illustrious, the energetic Margot Jefferson, who was profiled really beautifully, I thought, in New York Magazine uh, recently because her book, her recent memoir, Constructing a Nervous System, uh, is out. And it is so incredibly good. So, uh, oh man. So, my God, it's so good. Just like every page is blowing, blows my mind. Um, and anyway, go read. Congrats to Margot. Go read the profile. Go read the book. Uh, she's the best. They're all the best. They're all the best. They're all the best. Uh, I'm very excited that we're making this a recurring part of these endnotes, which is reaching out to somebody to get some book recommendations. And we went to Typo's owner, Ed Young, for some book recs. I love that that... I love the idea of his uh, descriptor, of his explanatory comma being Typo's owner. Not like Pulitzer Prize winner, but no, (laughs) Typo's dad, Ed Young. Anyway, Typo's dad, coming in hot with book recommendations. Hi, this is Ed Young. Um... I really loved um, Rachel Gross's book, Vagina Obscura, which came out, I think, just a couple of months ago, um, about the science of women's bodies um, and how that has changed in really a quite remarkably recent time frame um, and all the forces that meant that we radically misunderstood um, basic parts of the anatomy of half the people on the planet. Um, Rachel's Rachel's work is fantastic. The book is scathing and wonderful and necessary. Um, I also loved Mary Roach's book, Fuzz, um, about animals breaking the law, about conflict between humans and animals. Um, Mary, needless to say, is easily the funniest science writer um, working today uh, and one of the most astute. Um, her book is an absolute joy at a moment when joy is really needed. And finally, I've been reading Sabrina Imbler's um, book, <coughs> um, How Far the Light Reaches. Um, Sabrina is just a phenomenal talent. And in this book, they master um, both memoir and nature writing, improbably, and fuse them together in these essays where Sabrina's life acts as metaphor for the creatures of the ocean and the creatures of the ocean act as metaphor for their life. Um, 
it's just singular, transcendental, profound writing of the highest caliber. And the fact that it is Sabrina's first book is just outrageous. It's frankly rude. How dare. Um, that book is not out yet. It will be out in December. And I urge you to look out for it because um, it's truly something special and I wanted to have the highest possible success. That's it for me. Please enjoy those books. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. That little piece of music is called Bug Sunrise, and it was made by our in-house composer and sound editor, Laura Faye Oshibud, aka Arthur Moon. And Drew and I thought it would be fun to ask Laura Faye a couple questions about the composition process for the little interstitial sound bites that you hear. Okay, I think we should hear, like, in this moment, without Laura Faye present, just ask some of the questions we have about Bug Sunrise, like <laughs> for Laura Faye to find in the audio and answer it. <laughs> yeah. Laura Faye, how do you name these songs? Why Bug Sunrise? Uh, yeah, and I really, is it like, does the name come first sometimes? Are you sitting there thinking, let me make the sounds of a bug sunrise? Or is that just the best descriptor that comes to mind? Hi. So yes, I I make the composition and then I go back and listen and and name it after what I think it sounds like. So, but I try to be loose and quick with it. So I'm looking through my library here, and I have I have Bug Sunrise. I have I have Macaroni Necklace. I have Metal Ice Cream, Popsicles and Hay. Swiss Cheese is one of my recent favorites. Um, glitch Chorus. Yeah. I also want to know where does the, where does, like, what's in the library of bleep bloops? Like, is there a library of bleep bloops mm -hmm. that, that is being pulled from? Or is it, I mean, because I don't know, sometimes Laura just like whips out the the voice memos on an, on an iPhone and records something weird. Like, mm -hmm. spent spent a day, I think they spent a day or a morning recording a dishwasher sound. Sure. So is it is there a library somewhere that these these uh, sounds go into that get pulled back out? Is there an archive and can we hear something else from it? Okay, here's my latest field recording. I don't know what it is. It's labeled swoosh, but I'm just going to I'm just going to play you a piece of it. Okay, yeah, that's our that's our kitchen countertop. Let me make you something like in relationship to to Bug Sunrise. Gumi, it's called, yeah. You know, um... It tastes like... It tastes like Gumi. <laughs> But like, we should probably call that Gumi, Swoosh Gumi. And I think with that, mm -hmm. I think we got it. I think that was everything we needed. I think that's everything we need. All right, cool. Thresholds is a production of Lit Hub Radio. We're produced by Drew Broussard and Justin Alvarez. Music and editing by Laura Faye Oshavud of Arthur Moon. Our art is by Kirsten Huber. 
Special thanks to Farrar, Strauss, and Drew. I'm Jordan Kistner. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jordan.kistner. We'll see you next week.